Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One, two, three, four. Monster Movie. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, friends and neighbors, welcome once again to Monster Movie Funtime Go. I am one of your hosts, Precious D. And I am the other one of your hosts, Honey Bee. Honey Bee and I are two best friends making our way through the history of kaiju movies. We began in 1933 with King Kong. We began two years ago, but with the 1933 <laughs> movie... King well, Kong. technically, we began in like 2004 or something like that. <laughs> you mean the two of us? <laughs> yeah. Just the two of us. We met in we 2004. <laughs> just the two of us. <sighs> Possibly January 2005. Possibly. Somewhere around there. Anywho, honeybee, I'm going to bitch about T-Mobile. Yeah, but let's hear it. I'm going to then cut it and put it after the closing credits so that if anybody <laughs> doesn't care, they can just turn off at when the closing theme song begins. Or if they have T-Mobile, they may not have service to make it through the entire podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, folks, now we're going to talk about our movie. If you want to hear the T-Mobile rant, I might make a TikTok about it. I'm sure it'll go viral. Do it. Do it. But now we're talking about Gamera, Guardian of the Universe from 1995. This is the first of three or four Heisei Gamera movies, depending on how you're counting. What do you mean? I'm not sure if the fourth movie is still technically in the Heisei era Mm. or if it's in the falls into the next one and it it was made years later like they made three fairly close together and then the next one isn't quite some time and i don't think it's directly let me just look here yeah this is 95 gamma 2 is 96 uh gamma 3 is 99 and then there's another one that's it's not called gamma 4 a gamma the brave is not until 2006 I know I've looked it up before, but I don't remember exactly when the Heisei era is considered to end. But it does seem to be kind of maybe a separate movie, not really part of this series. So it just kind of depends on on how you're you're counting. But this is the beginning of a new era for Gamera. Ah, I'm so happy. It is directed by Shizuki Kaneko, written by Kazunori Ito. Ito. Music by Kao Otani. K-O-W Otani, not C-O-W Otani. Huh. It's produced by Dae Films, but it was distributed by Toho. 
Yeah, I was really surprised to see the, like, I was like, oh, this must be a joint production because there was two different, like, emblems at the yeah. front. There's, like, the Toho one and then the other one. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, it's so funny. So glad. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> I think you seem to see it a lot on smaller films more, but when you see, like, sometimes three or four different studios yeah. listed at the beginning of the film, like, how many logos are you going to throw up here? As many as it takes. In association with this other studio and this other studio. So uh, I'm not sure I realized this until this moment, but this surprises me then because people keep asking for a Godzilla Gamera fight and they've at least worked together with distributing this movie. So, Oh, shit. I don't think my heart could take it, honestly. A Godzilla Gamera fight? Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, I really don't know if I could handle it. It is uh, 95 minutes. It's in color. It cost $4.5 million and made $6 million. Damn. I'm, I'm super, super glad we got a Gamera movie from this era since we got like a Kong movie and Godzilla and Friends. I feel like it's only right that we get a Gamera movie too because I'm not going to lie. In the beginning, there were some Gamera movies, just some, and in the beginning of it, that were better, I feel like. They were like, you know, <laughs> there for a minute, Godzilla and Gamera, they were really neck and neck. And I know that Gamera went more like for the kids than Godzilla did, but I just liked some of those movies better early on. And now that we're here and we've gotten all of these like really amazing, like we got to see Kong kind of like better than you know the 1933 version we kind of got that like what was it in the 80s or was it was it in the 80s the kong that we recently Which the most one? recent kong, kong that we watched the most recent was uh king kong lives yeah with his from baby mama 80s from 86 baby mama drama 86 right so yeah <laughs> so we got like a better kong and we've gotten like the badass godzilla and the mothra and the good mecha Ghidorah head and all this shit so i feel like it's only right that we get this camera and i was so stoked for it and i was not ready for how much this movie kicked ass yeah i remember getting really good reviews at the time like Roger Ebert gave it a good review. Roger Ebert gave the film three stars out of four, saying that despite its flaws, Gamera is more fun than mega-budget solemnity like Air Force One, and that Gamera is not a good movie, but it is a good movie-going experience. Oh, <laughs> So he had fun. He had fun. It was fun He's telling sure. us he had I, fun. I, but I thought it was such a good movie. Did you think it was a good movie? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I remember seeing that good review at the time and thinking, oh, well, I want to watch that. And I eventually acquired, I can't remember if it was a DVD or a VHS. I can't remember if I bought it or rented it. Might have got it from Netflix through the mail back then. But I know I did get to see it. In the 90s? Not in a theater, but I did get to see it. Yeah. Netflix did shit in the 90s. I feel like that was like early 2000s, even whenever they were like sending stuff to your house. They found were founded in 97. Wow. Well, go Netflix. We've seen you rise. We've seen you fall. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the, the, the DVDs are about to end for Netflix, but they're still sending them through September, I think. And they all say like 25th anniversary or something not like that on them. 
and they're making wow. a big deal about how long they've been doing this. I'm like, but you're about to stop doing it. <laughs> so anyway, I don't know how I saw it, but I saw it. I just know it wasn't in the theater, but because of the good review, I wanted to see it. So, and the, the part that stuck with me that I, the main part I really remembered, cause I forgot most of what the fuck happens in it, but the part that stuck with me was the <laughs> dog getting snatched off its Aww. leash. You don't see it. You just hear it and you see the leash kind of tighten and fall. Yeah. That was a very compelling It's a pretty memorable moment. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, let's get into the... Oh, no. Let's do the cast first. Sorry. We have Tsuyoshi Ihara as Yoshinari Yonamori, the Coast Guard officer. Coast Guard officer, third grade and first navigation officer of the JCG Nojima. Shinobu Nakayama as Mayumi Nagamini, a gifted ornithologist who is also a friend of Asagi's. Lady scientist! <laughs> yeah. Ayoko Fujitani as Asagi Kusanagi, a young oh, girl who forms a spiritual too. bond with Gamera. After she's she received like an ancient pendant. Yeah, she's a little old, though. She is, but she's still in school, So, and she's like a young girl. Yeah, but I was surprised so. that there wasn't a younger kid in it. Akira Onodera as Naoya Kusanagi, Asagi's father. Yukijiro Hotaru as Inspector Osako, the Nagasagi Prefectural Police. Sonori Hasagawa as Colonel Sataki. Hirotaro Honda as Masaki Saito, Deputy Director General of the Japan Environmental Agency. Naoki Manabi as Jun Suzuki as Gamera. Oh, and I'm sorry. (laughs) Naoki Manabi and Jun Suzuki as Gamera. I don't know if they took turns or if it took two of them to operate them or what. Maybe maybe it's like in those like old like horse costumes where one person's the head and the other person's <laughs> the butt. <laughs> 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 Yumi Kanayama as Geos and Akira Kubo as captain of the Kiyaru Maru. Woo! That's our cast. One of these days I'll read the yeah. names ahead of time and practice. <laughs> So here we go with the summary from Wikipedia. Thank you, Wikipedia. Thanks, Wiki. A ship carrying plutonium collides with a floating atoll off the eastern coast Uh, of the Philippines. With a what? (laughs) What? What did you say? A floating atoll. 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 Okay, I got it. I got it. I got it. You know, it's like a little island, but it's not. <laughs> yeah. It's it's Gamera is what it is. Uh, they're off the eastern alert. coast of the Philippines. Just kidding. <laughs> One of many incidents occurring throughout the area. As the anomalous formation approaches Japan, a team of scientists led by Naoa Kusanagi discovers Orichalcum. Or, well, they call it Orichalcum here, but I think it's Orichalcum. Anyway, this is a mythical Atlantean metal. It's not a real thing at all. Mm. But it does show up in some ancient writings. 
but even then it's being treated as not a real thing as as a sort of mythical super metal mm-hmm. anyway like they uranium. discover some yeah that kind of thing but from ancient greece mm-hmm. <laughs> uh i'm sure people have theories about what it really is but i, I can't be bothered to check right now <laughs> anyway they discover these amulets made of it and they actually they just speculate this might be oracalcum and a stone slab covered in Eturian runes on the atoll. During the investigation, the atoll suddenly quakes, destroying the slab and throwing the scientists into the ocean. One member of the team, the Japan Coast Guard officer Yoshinari Yonomori, sees the eye and tusk of a giant turtle. It's so funny during this part because it's like, you know, the like, it's like shaking and the people are like falling around and then the camera just goes underwater and you just see like Gammy's little feet pop out. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. And then it like goes back to the people and then like, like it goes underwater and it's like bubble, 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 another foot. It's so funny. Uh, Meanwhile, ornithologist Mayumi Nagamini investigates a village in the Goto Archipelago reportedly attacked by a giant bird. So we see that attack first. That's the dog I was talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. While Nagamini is initially skeptical of the claims, she is horrified upon discovering human remains in a giant bird pellet. And by pellet, I I... Yeah, I was like, my note is literally like, is this poop or vomit? And then when she like finds the glasses and the pen, I was like, definitely poop. (laughs) Also, I have to say that Nagamini is a badass. I have that note so many times. She is such a badass. Yes. I love her. I love, there are so many times throughout the movie where she does something and I'm like, yes, I love her. She's amazing. She's like my favorite oh. lead woman that we've had. Lady scientist, I guess I should say. Right. Uh, a pellet actually is, I was just looking it up though, because after I said it, I realized that might not be true. A pellet is actually sort of like vomit. Oh, is it? They regurgitate. It's not poop. Yeah. It's uh, undigested parts of their food that they kind of cough up. They regurgitate. It looks like, honestly, it looks like it could be either one when they're just fingering through yeah. it. Yes. Yes. So it's, like the, I mean, it's the shit. same thing. It's It came out the other end, but it's still food that wasn't <laughs> properly digested. And it'll have bits of bone in it and stuff sometimes if you were and eating people. <laughs> yeah, sometimes glasses, pens. Yeah. Exploring the nearby forest, her team encounters and then successfully, successfully prevents three bird-like creatures from attacking another village. To prevent further attacks... Nagamini agrees to aid the government in capturing the giant birds. The creatures are lured to the Fukuoka Dome baseball stadium. Okay, wait, before we talk about this, before we get Mm -hmm. to the dome, there's this part in the, when Nagamini is in the helicopter and she, they're like trying to save the island and she starts taking pictures of Gaios, right? And so then it's like, like the light is like ah oh god and it's like okay i was like this is like one of the first times that we actually see someone see that the light is affecting the thing and then like right but no then we get to the dome and they what do they attract him with meat yes but there's also these huge spotlights going up into the air and i'm like right okay is it it 
but I guess it's just a flashing light that he doesn't like. Maybe. And that I regular mean, stream of light doesn't, because yeah. there were spotlights everywhere. Shine, and I'm like, turn the light off. He doesn't like the light. Remember? Damn it. Damn <laughs> I mean, it. you might have the same reaction. Somebody flashes a light in your face and you weren't expecting it. Yeah, but then they use that light later, like the flashing light later to yeah. like, in the in the dome to like freak him out and stuff. Right. Or to like. I mean, uh, it's just like all. Yeah, it's just. Whatever. It's just like all those older ones where they can't make up their mind. Does the light repel them or attract them? It does whatever we need it to do at the moment. (laughs) Yeah, it's so funny. We need to put that on our bingo cards. You can get our kaiju bingo cards on our Patreon, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. And this movie... This movie is a bingo movie. There is so <laughs> I I want to say almost every square will be taken in this movie because all of they hit every single one of the classics, like all of them. Yeah. Like uh, yeah. maybe the one thing I didn't see was like power lines, but everything like lady oh. scientist. There had to be power lines at some point, don't you think? Yeah, but but I mean not that like the monster either like grabs and rips apart or is used to like you know what i mean surely there were power lines in the movie but no but i'm saying i think uh, one of them must have walked through power lines at some point because they yeah they usually go crashing through some power lines yeah i I, if they don't purposely set them up as a barrier i think there had to be i'm not gonna go back and watch the whole thing but yeah there had to be i thought I, i literally wrote it down that it was the only thing i didn't see out of the, like, bingo cards. Okay. Maybe not, then. Uh, let's see. So they're, they're lured to the stadium where two of the three are successfully captured. The last one escapes to the harbor where it is killed by the giant turtle encountered by Yonamori and the scientists. Yeah, they... they What did they do? They shut the dome too late? It's one of those stadiums they, with a retractable dome. The dome isn't shut all the way before they it start firing. It jams or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Somebody, somebody screws up because you know, they're like, mm-hmm. "No, wait, wait! It's, it's not closed yet." So one of them gets away. Uh, the remaining bird escapes before the turtle reaches the stadium. The remaining birds escape before the turtle reaches the stadium. So he kills one of them, and then the two that they captured manages to get away anyway. Yeah, they just they break have their way out. Like. No, they have like it's not an atomic breath, but it's something to do with like sound waves. Yeah. And then an atomic breath and they like basically cut, cut the bars out. in half and then just fly yeah. out, yeah. That's right. Uh I think original Gaos had, you know, a sonic beam that was mm-hmm. slicing up the airplane and stuff too. So. Yeah. It looks really After... cool too, like the effect, the build up of uh-huh. that. It looks really cool. After translating the runes Kusanagi explains to Yanamori and his daughter Asagi that the giant turtle is called Gamera and the birds are Geos. When Asagi touches one of the stone amulets, she inadvertently forms a spiritual bond with Gamera, like you do. Like you do. Something that was kind of shitty about this, though, is that later on in the movie, the dude that gave her this like little amulet is like, now that you have the amulet, you're a priestess. And I'm like, don't you mean that you fucking gave her, dude? Like, isn't this your fucking fault, my bro? Like, he just acts <laughs> like she just acquired this, like, as a birthright or something. Right. It's like, no, dude, you <laughs> gave it to her. This is your fault. Uh, 
Kusanagi also tries to convince the government that the Geus are the real threat, but they remain focused on Gamera due to the destruction that he caused. Now working together to investigate the creatures, Kusanagi, Yonamori, and Nagamini witness another Geos attack at the Kiso mountain range. Nagamini and Yonamori are nearly killed trying to rescue a child, but Gamera arrives in time to save them and kills another Geos. The last Geos, however, escapes. That's right. Friend to children. Meanwhile, Asagi discovers that she suffers the same wounds and fatigue as Gamera due to their shared bond. So there's like voodoo doll shit going on here. I know. <laughs> or Corsican twin shit. Yeah, they're more like Corsican twins because they're both feeling it. At Mount Fuji, she witnesses a military strike against Gamera. The attack attracts the final Geos to the scene where it grievously wounds Gamera and forces the turtle to retreat into the ocean. Simultaneously, Asagi suffers a similar wound and passes out from the pain. Kusanagi visits his daughter at the hospital where Asagi falls into a coma after saying that she and Gamera must rest. After consulting with a biologist, Nagamini and Yonamori learn that the Geos are genetically engineered and reproduce asexually. They speculate on the origins and purpose of Geos and Gamera. Nagamini suggests that Geos were awakened by rampant pollution and Gamera was created by an ancient civilization to combat Geos. Is this our what is this movie really about scene? (laughs) I guess so, yeah. Pollution. (laughs) Don't pollute. Yeah. Don't pollute. They approach (laughs) Kusanagi with this information explaining that the incident at Mount Fuji shows that Asagi is spiritually linked with Gamera. Kusanagi dismisses these claims until he witnesses the amulet's power himself. I mean, that's reasonable of him. It's a ridiculous thing to say, but it just happens to be true. It happens that in these movies, ridiculous things are true. You know, it's a movie thing. It's like the magic of the theater, but the magic of the movie. Movie magic. (laughs) With Gamera recovering in the ocean, the last Gaos grows unchecked, becoming a super Gaos. Whoa, so Gaos is kind of like trans a little bit, like kind of like clownfish. Like, born one oh, sex yeah. and then are like, hey, you know what? I, yeah. I need to, you're just going to swap her up. Yeah. And, well, they produce reproduce asexually. So I guess they just lay eggs and don't have to fertilize them. They fertilize them themselves. Do they? I don't, I actually don't remember that part of the movie. I don't remember them talking about that. Yeah, like at one point, kind of like in the beginning, they're like, wow, all of these are female. And then like later on, they're like, oh, wait. They can turn in themselves into males. They like lay eggs and then turn themselves into males and then fertilize the eggs. <laughs> That's gonna. Ew. Um, I mean, that can that can that can be handy, but it also leads to a very limited gene pool. <laughs> that can be handy. <laughs> in an emergency. It's a cool party trick. <laughs> yeah. Well, you shouldn't be fertilizing your own egg because then you don't get any genetic diversity. You fertilize somebody else's egg. Yeah. <laughs> Dum dums. No wonder there's only three of you. Uh, anyway, he gets he gets bigger, I guess. The creature attacks Tokyo, causing many civilian casualties and prompting the government to focus on Geos instead of Gamera. Attempts to kill Geos end in failure, and it builds a nest in the ruins of Tokyo Tower. Hilarious! Uh, it's 
so funny. Like puts its little eggs on Tokyo Tower. Oh, poor Tokyo Tower. Wasn't Mothra putting her cocoon on it not too long ago? Mm, yeah. It's always getting knocked down or used as a nest or it's so humiliating for Tokyo Tower. <laughs> it like knocks the top off of it and then makes a nest in the sheared off part. Ah, so embarrassing. I don't, I wonder if whoever designed that thing just sees these movies and they're like, God damn it. Stop disrespecting my tower. Upon awakening from her sleep, Asagi warns the others that Gamera has recovered and will attack Gaos. Gamera catches Gaos by surprise, destroying its nest and eggs. I guess this is how we know that they reproduce... Uh, Asexually, because it it just laid the eggs, and there was no all the other ones were dead. <laughs> so it must, yeah, he must have fertilized his own eggs. A massive air battle ensues, and Asagi, Kusanagi, Nagamini, and Yonomori follow closely in a helicopter because Philo. Initially, Gaos overpowers Gamera, but Asagi uses her spiritual energy to revive Gamera. You can do it. Who kills Gaos? Gamera, after using his bond with Asagi to heal her, releases Asagi from their bond and returns to the sea. Does the amulet kind of disappear, get destroyed? Okay. It doesn't disappear. So, it just it just it just stops glowing. Stops glowing. Turns off. Loses its connection. Mm-hmm. When Nagamini and Yonamori predict the possibility that Geos or other threats may arise, Asagi states that Gamera will return if that happens. Gamera will return in Thunderball. <laughs> so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Gamera, guardian of the universe? Tokyo, the anyway. Universe? Yeah. Didn't seem, it seems like a bit of an overstatement. Gamera was not, in fact, gardening, gardening, guarding the entire <laughs> universe. Well, maybe it's just that, like, we just saw this because, you know, Tokyo, but maybe like he's going to guard other places and we just don't get to see it. It's off camera. It's his mm-hmm. off camera job. You know, this is just the, the job we did see. <laughs> yes. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. It looked like he'd been snoozing movie. for years. Yeah. Until Gaius woke up, I guess. And he's like, oh, time to get to work. Oh. Uh so what were you saying? You love this movie? Yeah, I love it. I love it. I thought it was so good. There were so many like funny parts too to kind of like break up the serious actiony parts. Like uh, one of the things I can remember right now is the cab driver. You know the cab driver when she gets in, she's like, "Take me here," and he's like, "I can't." What? If there's a big monster, and she's like, "Take me as far as you can," and then he just goes through the police barriers and then turns around. He's like, I've always wanted to do that. Like, <laughs> it's just silly. It's so funny. It's so good. Um, the of the government annoying people, you know, trying to kill Gamera when he's the good guy. It's a tale as old as time. <laughs> but uh, we've seen it. We've seen it once. We'll see it again. Um, it was, it was just so good. I, there were so many good moments in it too. And like, just better, you know, you could see, I feel like they left all of the good things, all of the things that make a kaiju movie, you know, like the train, Gaios picking up the train and like 
all of the people falling out. Oh, there was a really cool moment where this guy gets eaten and like the crunch of the guy and then it shows his like Walkman on the ground. Like that was such a cool moment too. There was also this moment where we saw missiles being fired at Gamera, but the perspective of the camera, like the POV is like the missiles were like coming towards the camera. It looks so cool. That was really awesome. I wrote so many times that, um, that Nagamini was such a badass. Every time she like stood up for somebody or stood up for herself or whatever, I was like, man, she is such a badass. Also, did you notice the, uh, Mary Poppins poster in Asagi's room? <laughs> no, I don't think I did. It was so cute. It was a Japanese Mary Poppins poster. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, wow. how cute. <laughs> so that was another reason why I was like, yeah, she does look a little bit older for like, you know, a Ponchito or a Ponchita. Um, but she's still in school. There's like a few scenes with her in school, like with her little friends and stuff. And then like her bedroom is very like young girl. Um, I think they did try to make her look younger than she actually was, but mm-hmm. she was so cool. And then I also kind of feel like maybe um, Mickey's character and Godzilla kind of uh, influenced this if, character a little bit. Could be. You know? Could be. Her, her, connect, um, but I her thought, psychic connection. Yeah, exactly. But I thought she did such a good job. I really loved her. I loved her character. I like I felt like all of the girls in this movie were so badass. <laughs> and I will say also that this like very tiny little bit of romance that we get in this movie is is very subtle. It's good. It's you know, it I feel like it added to the storyline a little bit. It never like was distracting or took away or was annoying. So I'll say that also. It was probably the best tiny little bit of romance that we've seen where he's like, one of these days I'm gonna show you a I'm going to take you through Tokyo when there aren't giant monsters fucking shit up. And she's like, oh, arigato. <laughs> um, and then when the monsters are fighting, they have this amazing underneath camera angle. And we have seen this before where we're like looking up at the monsters. But this was like when they're fighting. So you're looking up at both of the monsters. And I thought that was so cool. Yeah, yeah it really helps um, with making them seem like they're actually large. Yes, yes. There, There's a moment, too, in the beginning where they're first showing Gamera kind of before he's, like, woken up. Or maybe he has woken up, but he's just kind of, like, they don't know it's him yet. And there's a, a hammerhead shark swimming in front of him. So you kind of see how big he is in comparison to this very large shark. And I thought that mm-hmm. was really great, too. And then he blew Gaius's face right off. <laughs> so, Honeybee, what are you going to rate camera guardian of the universe i'm gonna give it five stars it was five stars for me i'm gonna give it five stars too it is i think the best camera movie so far for sure they really took it up a notch they've been just sitting there letting toho do godzilla and i don't know the details but somebody said hey time to bring camera back (laughs) and we gotta bring our a game and they really did yeah remember i told you way back that there would come a time when the Gamera movies might be better than the Godzilla movies. And this is that time. The Godzilla movies are pretty good right now too, though. So it's hard to they're say so definitely right that now. one's yeah. better than the other, but they're For both sure. really, really good. They really are. And especially because the last Gamera movie we saw was just a lot of like clips from all the previous Gamera movies. So it, it was kind of, you know, 
not the greatest uh, departure that we had, you know, from <laughs> like that movie to this movie all of those years. It was that that movie was kind of lame. It was good in its own right, and in my, in my opinion, but. It was just a lot of, like, the same shit that we had already seen, you know? So going from that to this movie, it's infinitely better. It's so good. Um, This is definitely a bingo movie because I, I, like, there's just so many things in it that are like, ooh, we've seen this, ooh, we've seen this. Even the Philo moment when the guy, I can't remember his name right now, um, Nagamini's love interest, what is his name? Um... Uh... The the, the captain, remember. the Coast Guard guy? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yoshin, Yoshinari. Yonamori. Yonamori, yes, that's right. Yoshinari Yonamori. Um, yeah, even even him, like, at the beginning, he, like, goes to his boss and he's like, hey, look, I was there with the plutonium, so I have a lot of responsibility in this. You mind if I just tag along for the rest of this film? Because Philo. <laughs> and the boss is like, yeah, sure, yes. buddy, go right on ahead. I feel responsible. <laughs> yeah. This is so good. It was Ugh. so good. I, I I loved it. I loved it so much. It's it was ah, Chef's Kiss. Okay, well, folks, you can watch Gamera Guardian of the Universe on Prime Video. I believe nice. it is included free with Prime. Where did you watch it? Hell yeah, I watched it on Tubi. Oh, okay. So it's also on Tubi, free with commercials, and Pluto. Started their Godzilla channel last week. Did you look and see if the if if movies were like on demand? So yeah, well they they are. It's so I you remember I predicted that Biolante would not be on there. Yeah, <laughs> I saw an article from the Nerdist claiming that it was going to be along with Godzilla okay. versus King Ghidorah, which was is apparently also hard to find. I can't remember now if King Ghidorah, but as of right now. As we're recording this, it's not on there. So I, I don't know if it has to premiere first and then it'll be on demand. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Right now, it looks like almost all the movies are streaming live, but also available on demand. Woo-hoo. But I didn't see Biolantic listed. And I forgot to look to see if King Godzilla vs. King Ghidorah was uh, on there as well. So I don't know. Keep keep an eye on it. Maybe it'll show up. A nerdist usually knows what they're talking about, but I don't know. I don't know. But it's great. Everybody seems really excited about it. And uh, there's also the Mothra movies are on there as well. It's not just Godzilla. I think Rodan is on there too. So Mm. great. But yeah, you can watch Gamera on Amazon or you can watch it on Tubi. So there you go, folks. I think that's going to about wrap it up. Next week's movie is Godzilla versus Destroya, which you can watch on Pluto.tv if you don't have access Woo! to it elsewhere. It is the last of the Heisei Godzilla movies. Oh my gosh. The last so we will be Godzilla. saying goodbye to some characters. Uh, the last uh, Heisei Godzilla, not the last one ever. <laughs> yeah, but you know, in the movie even yeah. they're like, this may be the last Godzilla or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, and they had announced <laughs> spoiler, spoiler folks. They promoted the movie saying Godzilla's going to die in this movie. Are you Everybody serious? Knew. 
Yep, yep. Apparently they used that as a selling point. They were telling everybody this is going to be the last one. Ugh. We're going to kill him. Oh but my then they God. put it, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that next week. I won't I won't say any more about it. Uh and next week we will be in Chicago at G Fest. We're gonna record ahead of time, so your regularly scheduled episode will be out next week. But follow us on all the things because we'll be posting things to Facebook, to Instagram. I'm gonna try to do some Facebook Live. We don't have enough followers to do Instagram Live or YouTube Live. So follow us for God's sake. But I believe anyone can do Facebook Live. But we'll be recording content. I'll be presenting a panel, as I mentioned before, on role-playing games, kaiju and role-playing games. If you're at G-Fest, look for us. We will be walking around, looking sharp. Come take a picture with us. So, until next week, I have been Precious D. And I have been Honey Bee. Remember to keep calm and take shelter in basements. And please... Don't misuse science. We won't see you, but you will hear us next time on Monster Movie Fun Time Go. Yeah. You've been listening to Monster Movie Fun Time Go. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and review us on your podcasting platform of choice. Our theme song is by the Texacato Folk Rock Punk featuring Lita Lopez. You can support the show, find links to our social media, and even leave us a voice message at anchor.fm slash mnftg. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. (laughs) So we were trying to save some money around here. So we do two things at the same time. Yeah, at at my house. My mom's like, the cable bill's too high. And I said, the internet bill's too high. So we got rid of our dish and we put our live TV on Hulu. So we could still get the live local channels and things like CNN, MSNBC, FX. You know, your basic... You're, we looked at the list of stuff and we're like, we don't watch most of this. What does Hulu Live include? That's fine. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we got it bundled with Disney and ESPN. So then the T-Mobile 5G internet was finally available in our area because I kept going in to ask about it. And they said, it's not available in your area yet. It's finally available. So I cancel the dish, take the... 5G thing home, set it up. It seems fine. It kind of cuts out every now and then. The upload speeds were faster because uploading this podcast didn't take as long. Nice. But there soon becomes a problem. Do you know what an IP address is? Um, I mean, I've definitely heard the term. Well, you're already one step ahead of most of the idiots at T-Mobile. <laughs> they had no fucking clue what that even was. It's your internet protocol address. It's basically how the internet identifies your computer and your router. Oh, yeah. Okay, totally. Right, right, right. Okay. So that it knows your computer from a different computer. Mm -hmm. Sometimes people want to hide that with a VPN. Right. 
Okay, totally, but totally. Hulu wants to know that you are you and that you have not shared your password with everybody and their dog. Lame. At least when it come when it comes to the live. Well, they need your IP address to be able to give you your proper local channels. Mm-hmm. But they also want to know that it's actually you. You can use it on your phone and whatever all over the place. But if you're trying to watch it on your TV and you're trying to watch the live part of it, it wants to know it's you. They're like, show yourself. Yeah. Now, the problem is that T-Mobile uses a dynamic IP, which means it's changing all the time Uh, instead of using a fixed IP. Yes. So every couple of days, we turn on Hulu Live and it says, hello, precious D. It looks like you're not at home. Do you want to change this to your home? You can only do this four times a year because they acknowledge that you might actually physically move and need to do it. Or maybe like be on vacation or something, like go to Airbnb. Yeah. Yeah. Well, again, if you're just watching it on your phone, and I think even on your laptop, you're fine. It's trying to watch it through the Roku TV where it wants to make Mm -hmm. sure you're at home. So I, I try to I call up uh, Hulu and uh, I'm or like uh, it, it doesn't think I'm at home. Can you fix this? It fixes. Had to do this a couple times and they finally they tell me, well, look, it's your service provider. They're using a dynamic IP and this is going to keep happening. Hmm. You might want to talk to them about giving you a fixed IP address. So I get on the phone with customer service to find out if that's possible the lady on the phone after consulting with her team tells me it is possible but i have to take the device into a physical store to do it what the tv no no the the gateway the little internet router thing oh okay 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 gotta take it into a physical store so I unplug it. I tell everybody we're not going to have internet for a little bit. Well, we hadn't actually. I had dis. Uh, I had uh, canceled the AT and T internet, but it mm-hmm. it was still paid up through part of this month. So that was still actually functioning. So I tell them we're not going to have internet, but you can still get on the old router. Take it into the store. Of course, the two girls working in the store have no fucking clue what an IP address even is. We get on the phone with some. IT guy, clearly working from another country, keeps telling us to do things that are making no sense. He keeps going back and forth between your internet browser and the T-Mobile app on your phone, and he keeps telling me to go to this IP address. He keeps telling me to go to HTTP colon slash slash, and then he lists off the numbers of the IP address. And when I do that, it just goes to like a Google search result for that. It doesn't, he's like, so now you should be in the account management. I'm like, no, that's not what's happening. It's just telling me a Google result, search result for that. It's not showing me. It turns out this was the admin IP address for the physical device. But he just seemed to be reading instructions out of a book, didn't actually understand what was happening and what the process was and how to explain it. Spent an hour at that store. He's, I insisted on talking to his supervisor. He tries to start writing a ticket. I'm like, no, do not write a damn ticket. <laughs> Connect me to your supervisor right now or I'm going to cancel my service. 
So then, okay, I'm connecting with my supervisor. Ring, ring, ring. And then it just kind of hangs up. The guy never picks up. So the girl gets on the line with somebody else and somebody from the actual internet part of customer service tells me, we use a dynamic IP address. Like, yes, can you change that? We use a dynamic IP address. Yes, I understand that, goddammit, but somebody else told me you could (laughs) give me a fixed one. Well, who was that? I don't know what her name was. That was hours ago. He says, okay, if you have a business account, we can give you a fixed IP address. They should be able to set you up with a business account there and it'll automatically do that. The girl said, no, we can't do that. He must be thinking of T-Mobile, but this is Metro PCS. We're a prepaid service. We can't do that. It's like, God damn it. Then I want to turn the, I want to cancel my service. I want to turn this thing. They're like, well, you have to take it back to the store you actually got it from because we're all franchises and they're going to want the box. So I go home and get the fucking box, take it to the other store. The other store tells me, we don't do returns. What do you mean you don't do returns? So I'm just stuck with this piece of plastic. Like, yeah, we can't. The thing, the thing costs a few hundred bucks, but of course it was on sale for like $23, $27. But the actual list price for it is two or $300. Yeesh. Like your phone, you know, your phone costs hundreds of dollars, but if you sign up for service, they give you a free one or they give you one for 20 bucks or whatever. So I, and I'm like, well, I want to cancel this part of my service. Not the whole, not our family phone plan, but the internet. And she's like, oh, we can't do that. You got to call the 611 oh, the customer service. I'm like, you tell me goodness. I got to get back. She's like, they don't, they don't let us do that. So I let her, I told her this is bullshit. This is terrible. I'm not recommending your service to anybody. And I'm going to actively recommend that they not use it. She's just like, yes, I understand. <clears throat> and yeah, I'm like, I got to get back on the phone with those idiots that don't know anything to cancel this. So I come back home. I cancel it. That woman was helpful. Of course, she wants to know why I'm canceling it. Because, you're, you're, because your company sucks. Uh-huh. And nobody there knows what the <laughs> fuck they're doing. And then they want me to do a, a survey afterwards. So I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a survey afterwards. <laughs> so I did tell them that that person was helpful, but that, no, my problem was not resolved and you, I will not recommend you. I gave them a one for my likelihood to recommend people or a zero. I think I could give them a zero. And Lord, we're sorry to hear that. Would you like to talk to someone or would, you can leave a message? I'm like, I better just leave a message. <laughs> But I did leave a message telling them, you're terrible, you suck. I wasted my whole goddamn day dealing with this shit. But then, today, I got, I'm got. i like, I got to put this device back in the box and then see if there's anything I can do with it. And then I'm looking at the little piece of paper with it. And there's a little thing about, for return policy, go to this address. So I go to the web address. And it tells me that Metro by PCS would be happy to do a return on my device and just make sure everything's in the box and it's all functioning and it isn't broken. And and I'm like, God damn it. I'm so I packed it all up nicely. I'm like, I'm taking this thing back in there tomorrow. I'm printing out this policy and I'm taking, and I've got the receipt, found the receipt. I'm taking this thing back in there tomorrow. And I don't care if it's only $27. They're fucking giving me my money back and they're taking this piece of shit. So, do not pay attention to John Travolta and the guys from Scrubs who are telling you how great Metro PCS's 5G internet is 
if you're using any service that needs to be able to identify your IP address, it's going to cause you a problem. And it would just kind of cut it. out every now and then. I mean, every, every internet I've ever had sometimes just cuts out a little bit, but it seemed to do it a little too much. So fuck those guys. Man, this is why I do not work at a call center anymore, because everyone would call and just be so angry. And, like, you really don't – like, I, the training is so stupid. You know, you get, like, a script that's just supposed to help you help people. Yeah. And you don't know shit. You don't. It's so hard. And it was, like, so frustrating. One of the hardest things is, like, people are so upset and so mean over the phone. I was like, I cannot do it. And it's, yeah. like, not – it's it's like it's just it's yeah and i've had t-mobile for a while and and the phone service and uh, i do not have very good things to say (laughs) (laughs) we've been using them for a while and it's not usually a a big problem just with the phone what's what problems have you been having with the phone i just like don't have service in certain places um and it, it would it's like not it's places now it's a little bit better as I just recently moved. But, um, the place that I was living at before this, like I didn't have any phone service. Oh, yeah. and it was crazy because my neighbors would have phone service. <laughs> like they'd have, right. I'd have to like walk over to my neighbor's house to, for my phone to get a bar right. so that I could actually text you back or something. Yeah. 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 I remember that. Uh, 